0: Blog Talk
1: Radio.
0: Sponsored by womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world. You're listening to Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I'm excited to welcome you for another edition of Marnie's Friends Today, a life training session. We have a wonderful guest, Sandy Eggers, and we are going to talk about the top seven strategies for surviving seasons of transition. And even if you're not going through one right now, you know, this is one of those quotes where we could go, you know, you've either just gone through one, you're going to go through one soon, or you know, you are going through one right at this moment. So whichever situation You find yourself in, tune in and get your pen and pencil ready or your notepad ready on your website or on your uh, computer or phone. And let's get some notes going here because Sandy's going to share so much stuff during this hour. You're going to discover three aspects that affect how you deal with transitions, three major types of transitions that everyone goes through. 5 Biblical Truths Undergirding Your Approach to Transitions, 7 Strategies You Can Effectively Apply to All Transitions, Some Key Scriptures to Help You Deal with Transitions, Secrets to Reducing Anxiety and Increasing Clarity During Times of Transition, How to Position Yourself to Grow During Transitions, and Creative Ways to Acknowledge Your Losses and Celebrate Your Gains After Transition. I cannot wait to hear this content myself, and I'm excited to introduce you to Sandy. Sandy Eggers, um, she starts her bio with the words, do nothing and be dead in a few days. Those are the words she heard, and that began her greatest season of transition to date. She's going to share a little bit about that during this hour. And using her experiences and teaching skills, she helps entrepreneurs integrate their faith with their business, and I'm so excited to welcome Sandy. Hi.
1: Hi there, Marnie. I'm so glad to be on your show. Thank you so much for this great opportunity.
0: Well, and I'm excited to have you. And this is a topic we haven't really talked about very much over the years. I think we've only ever done one other Mm -hmm. transition. And yet, all of us go through it all the time. And your last point there, where you talk about the losses and celebrating your gains, that's my number one hint. And here you've got all this extra stuff here. So my number one thing is to tell people, go ahead and grieve. (laughs) Because transition is So So we're going to dive right in, and we're going to get back around to your personal story in just a little bit. But let's start right off with the three aspects that affect how a person deals with transitions.
1: Gladly. Um, They are your heart, your will, and your body, basically Hmm. three aspects of you. Now, your heart is understood in terms of the mind, emotion, spirit, and the Hebrew understanding of the word. That's everything that makes you you. You know, in daily living, um, especially during challenging uh, times such as transition, it's important that your heart, that all of you is so centered, is, is rightly aligned. Uh, and, well, what is that right center? Well, Blaise Pascal, the 17th century mathematician, kind of gave us a hint. And he said "Some." Uh, his actual quote, I won't quote the whole passage, But basically, he comes down to, he was talking about there's an infinite abyss in every person's heart. And, of course, Mm -hmm. that infinite abyss can only be filled by God. And that goes a long way to explaining how people, no matter what their status, no matter if they're wealthy or not, are always seeking. They know that there's something not quite right, and they're always seeking to fill it with a lot of different things, be it material. Then we go to your will. It's your will that decides your direction. You know, we human beings have been given a free will. So um, we can decide how, where we want to go. Do we want to follow some eternal truths or do we want to uh, look to something beyond ourselves or do we want to look to ourselves? So that's how the will, uh, you know, that's an aspect of using that for transition. And <laughs> And your body, of course, everything follows. So, if you get the you know the center right, your your values, whatever those may be, uh, your head around that that the peace of the heart, then you can go from there. Take the you know use your will and make those choices, and of course your your body follows.
0: Hmm. We're going to kind of unpack this a little bit as we go, but I still remember the first time as an adult I lost close to me, and how that grief hit my body. Um, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't even function. And, um, and it's amazing. It it shocked me really, because I I always thought grief would be more like in your head, you know, (laughs) or your Mm -hmm. feelings. But it actually does affect all of these aspects of a, of our lives, including our bodies.
1: You're absolutely right. Um, when I was going through this, in a sense, the type of grieving when my late husband was struggling through his colon cancer, uh, that's what, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's what it, it was, and he wasn't even 50. I were, mm-hmm.
0: There were
1: nights that I felt, uh, goodness, I didn't feel the need for sleep, and that scared me. And so I found that I was talking with a couple of people who had been through something similar. And they suggested, well, exercise, because I knew it was that adrenaline, but I just didn't know how to deal with it, sure enough. So to your point about your body being affected
0: by your mind, it, it is
1: really amazing.
0: I have to ask you just a follow-up. So you couldn't sleep, and so did you exercise? Yes,
1: and I was able to sleep.
0: Wow, that's I amazing. Said, yes,
1: it is. I I've, I've actually
0: never heard of that. Uh-huh. Sorry, what did you say? I've never heard of that. That's amazing
1: yeah it really did yeah it it was pretty scary at the same time, but it was a simple test, <gasps> and I was really grateful too
0: and it gave me wow. time
1: too. I called it my
0: cancer free zone it was the Aww, yeah. yeah, oh my goodness. okay, well, let's go ahead and talk about the three major types of transition that we're all going to go through <laughs>
1: sure, absolutely, okay. We're going to go basically from smaller to larger. And the three types, <laughs> and there's a lot to unpack in here too, so feel free to ask any questions that come to mind, Marnie. Um, the smaller or larger, you've got your personal transition, you have an interpersonal transition, and social transition. Now, let me first start off by saying there are no hard and fast markers between, um, among any of these because we as whole human beings What affects us in one area, the social, will affect us. You know, like your point, the grief affecting the body. So we can't just wall these things off. But I'm sharing Mm -hmm. this so that our listeners can begin to understand, maybe begin to categorize some of the transitions they go through, so to begin to understand what is the source of that transition. And so that's what these categories are for. And so I'm going to explain a little bit more. They're just basically handy uh, constructs to think of your transition For example, in a personal transition, I I would say that there are types like your spiritual crises, personal development, professional development. Interpersonal involves other people. So the kind of transition that would affect the interpersonal would be marriage, death of a loved one, establishing new friendships. Ending old friendships, or in some cases, maybe your pastor's leaving your church and taking another call. Maybe you're being promoted to a position of authority over people who formerly were your coworkers. And then we go to the societal types of transitions, and those are the big, those are the macro kinds of things. And they would include economic, political, and cultural changes. And so, especially when you look at the macro level and societal transitions, you can easily see how one type of transition just spills off in, into all the others. For example, if you have you know an economic downturn, for example, in the bigger scheme of things, and you lose your job, you're losing some interpersonal relationships. There's a crisis there, and there's certainly a personal and your family, as well as affected, so there's the interpersonal, but there's also the personal. You maybe begin wondering, uh, is there something wrong with me, or you know, right. certainly people? Yes, and all of these factors. So it it really just spirals uh, when you talk about transition, and it does spill over. Uh, does that make sense?
0: It does. It does, and and it's really it is really helpful to identify those and we're going to just move right now into some biblical truths um, that can help undergird your approach to transitions, no matter which type it is or no matter what part of you it's affecting. And I just love this because there's just so much value in the wisdom of the Bible and it just supersedes all time and all circumstances. So go ahead and start into that. What is the first biblical truth?
1: (laughs) Well, the first one is, that you were created in God's image, the Imago Dei, the Latin. I love that Latin. It's just such a beautiful thing. Mm. So when you consider that, it's more, we, you really have to stop and think about what that means. And uh, through the years, I've been learning a bit more and more. Does it, it means certainly that we're spiritual beings at heart. That's our core. That's who we are. But it also means much more, too. And, and actually, theologians have never and probably will never settle on what does exactly made in God's image mean? It means a lot of things. It means our creativity. It means our rational thought. It means our ability to plan, our emotions, our ability to imagine, to, you know, a future. I, it all, It's all of that. It's also a bit of, and recently, I've been doing a little bit of study in Genesis. It also has the the kingly aspect to it, the vice regent. Because remember when God created uh, Adam and Eve, and He told them to go and you know attend the garden and to manage all that He put He put them in charge of a lot. What He was really doing in in the text was giving them a part of his authority. So they were, right. they were sort of you know, vice regents in a way, and it just it takes your breath away. Mm-hmm. So that's the first point. Yes, go ahead.
0: When you, think about, when you think about being created in God's image, how does that help undergird you doing, during a time of transition?
1: Wow, that's a very good question, Marnie. What that does is it makes you realize that you, number one, are meant for more than just what's going on, the stuff that's going on in your life. You, by God's grace and power, have power over that. Mm, You have value, incredible value, and we'll we'll specifically address that. I just don't want to go too far into the value that we have because those are some of my other points. But Mm. just by the fact that you were created in God's image, you have to ask yourself, Wow! Isn't doesn't that mean that somehow, some way, we all of we human beings are so special to God that He would take such great care? It, it just—it's hard to get your mind around. It really is.
0: Mm. I love it. I love it. Uh, just last night, I was in a situation that was impossible. So what I did is I began to text someone to come and help me because it would be impossible for me to actually do <laughs> what I had to do next <laughs> by myself. And so I began to text someone and immediately in my spirit was, um, I, just, I just understood, just, just be calm, you'll, you'll be able to do this. And I thought, well, that's impossible. I can't possibly do this. But I decided to go with that Spiritual input, and I did not text the other person who was able to then go ahead and do their day what God had on their list. (laughs) And you know what? It was incredible. God actually did a miracle. He actually did a miracle for me last night, and He totally allowed me to do what I never should have been able to do by myself. And it was just the flow. I was at the restaurant, it was just the flow of traffic, and I ended up being by myself in our restaurant during the dinner hour and you just can't do it. You know, it's just impossible. And in the middle of that, the truck arrived with produce with you know, $2,000 worth of groceries uh, arrived in the middle of that. And I was able to do that all by myself, Sandy, except I wasn't by myself. Jesus was helping me. (laughs) And so, and the timing of how the people came in and how all of this just unrolled, it was just amazing to me. Um, And what even amazed me more was that God gave me the heads up at the beginning of the dinner hour, don't text for additional help, just walk through it, I've got you. And so to look back at a situation like that, you just go, wow, big God, you know, yes. and it was, it's yeah, so yeah. fun, but I yeah. think this created in God's image and in his heart, in, in the center of his plan for our lives, we can actually let him orchestrate even those types of things where we're like, how could I possibly get through this? How could I live through it? How could I do it? And can I trust him? And yes, we can. We're going to take a really quick break and come back with four additional biblical truths to help undergird your pros to transitions, as well as seven strategies you can effectively apply to all transitions. We'll be right back. Find your next speaker at WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range. Speaker profiles include their bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. Connect directly with any speakers you like by phone, social media or the online connection box. It's really that easy. WomenSpeakers.com has been the number one online connecting place for hundreds of speakers and thousands of event planners since 2002. It's all fast, fun, and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out now at WomenSpeakers.com. That's www.WomenSpeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marty, and we are doing some life training today with our guest, Sandy Eggers of YourLifeAbundant.com. That website, again, is YourLifeAbundant.com. We're talking about the seven top strategies for surviving seasons of transition, and Sandy's here with me. Welcome back, Sandy. Let's go ahead and talk about the number two. We're going through five biblical truths undergirding uh, your approach to transition. So let's go to number two.
1: Okay, number two. You were created to be in relationship with that God. And mm-hmm. before you realized it, you actually answered that. You actually alluded to that morning with your story from last night.
0: That- right. Because, yes. you know, he's he's not something we check off a list in the morning or something. He's with us all the time. Absolutely. And he cares about the tiniest details of our lives. I mean, to
1: you certainly, yes. in, in, is that's big. Some people would say, "Oh my goodness, God's got wars and other things to worry about. He shouldn't worry about me." Mm.
0: But he does. He does. Even you know, I mean, Sandy. For me, it's even like, "Where are my keys?" Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, <laughs> literally, sometimes, yep. sometimes I just, I just stop and I stand still and I say, "Okay, God, you know where the blank is, and whatever it is, whether it's at the store, the restaurant, the house, whatever, um, you know where it is." And I just need you to help me find it right now. And I just thank him because he's, he's sovereign. He's everywhere. And he actually literally cares about everything that my husband tells the story about when he first learned to trust God was when he needed help with his car. And he had that exact thought that you had just said, sometimes we think, oh, how would he be interested in that? But somebody challenged him, just pray that God would help you with your car. And God really came through for him. And it really is the place where we grow in our dependence on him is in the little things absolutely and that's what we're meant to be we're meant to be in that
1: trusting relationship that childlike relationship with him he wants to do that
0: for us yeah yeah and he loves already just, like, oh, just like a mom just like a mom loves a little child coming to her uh to share a dandelion <laughs> absolutely absolutely Alrighty, are we did you want to go on to
1: the next one yeah now that relationship unfortunately was broken by human beings directing their wills against God. Go figure. You know, everything was perfect, and yet human beings wanted more. They wanted mm. to be like God. So they, instead of focusing their will, their, their heart, as I had said earlier, all of themselves beyond themselves, they looked to themselves to make themselves feel greater. But it was all mm. a lie. It was all a lie. Mm. The fourth point is that broken relationship, though, the good news is it's now restored through Jesus' death and resurrection. We don't have to. We don't have that broken relationship anymore. God, again, talking about how much God loves us. God made a way for us to be back in relationship to Him, with him, even though we turned our back on him. Can you imagine that? My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, and this is really an important point, and I am learning more and more as I'm trusting God more, as I'm recognizing who, both who I am and whose I am. And this last point, number five, is because of all this, because of the fact that we have been restored to relationship with God through Jesus Christ, death and resurrection, we are not the same. You know, all the old limited ways of living, of dealing with transition, really no longer apply to us. You know, going back to what you said earlier, for both yourself and your husband, God wants to help us he's right there. Mm -hmm. So we don't, yeah. I mean, not that we don't use other techniques and we will go into these other techniques later on and they're all good because they're all also gifts of God, but it means that we do have hope that those who don't
0: know God don't have. Right. And there's a confidence, um, you know, it, it says in the Bible that we come to God through Jesus Christ. And so it'd be like me trying to get in, For an audience with President Obama, it's just not gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't have the clout. (laughs) Even if I have a great idea, he just doesn't, he just can't let everybody in. And so he has these gatekeepers that, you know, keep people away from him except for those who are allowed to come in. And that wouldn't be me. But with God, who's way superior to a president, with God, because Jesus made the way. Then I get to go directly into the throne room of God, and I would never dare to do that on my own, but because of what Jesus did, he made that way, and he says even, come boldly, <laughs> come ro- come on right in, you know, and it's like, yes. Wow. Into the throne room of God, which is really this amazing opportunity. But in situations like last night, where you're facing an impossible situation, or like what we're talking about today, seasons of transition, where you don't even know which way's up or down, you don't mm. know where things are going to land, you can't even think straight. During these times, this is especially important for us to actually have a confidence that we have this relationship with God through Jesus and we can come to him with everything. So I just love that. And this next section now we're going to talk about seven strategies that we can effectively apply to all transitions. And I'm I'm personally excited to hear this part because sometimes when you hit a transition, you really don't know what to do. You, you just mm. go, yeah, for me. Jesus, 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 you know, and that's good. Um, But, you know, sometimes sometimes just having some training in advance or something to come back to when we get there and we go, oh, I I remember that, you know, we talked about this before. Where's that information? So I'd like you to just start into your seven strategies, if you would. Absolutely. Okay, the first one is
1: ground yourself in eternal principles. And from what we've been talking about, from my perspective, your perspective, that's God's word. It's amazing how much comfort, and again, I'll share a little bit of that later on, but how much comfort, how much wisdom is there that we can cling to. And it has stood the test of time and will continue to stand the test of time. So that's number one.
0: I think I want to yes. add, too, on that one, what I really like about the Bible, and, and God says it right in the Bible. He says that it's alive. And so mm. it's not like running around the block or something like that, but the words actually change in your how how you read them and receive them actually changes in your situation and so you can read for instance for me i can read a passage in the bible and read right over it and something hits me later in my reading or whatever but when i'm in a different situation that passage that last time didn't have much meaning for me all of a sudden jumps off the page and it's exactly what i needed to hear today have you ever had that happen
1: as, yes, absolutely, and mostly because God's word is, is so powerful and uh, something that we do treasure, I really endeavor to be also understanding its fullness. And by that I mean not just some, it's so easy sometimes to pick out a verse and then apply it in some way which when it may not be applied. For example, when I, I used to think that passage in Jeremiah where it talked about, you know, I know you're the future for you. Um, I can't uh, quote it exactly, but um, plans I have for you. Plans for, yes, and not plans for good, yeah. Plans all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. While that is true, people have applied it in a happy way. But right. when you stop to consider the context, <laughs> that means yes. <laughs> right. Exile, but which is which also right. speaks to God's sovereignty and how He can use anything. But more to your point, I think growing in the Word. Yes, not only growing in the word, but how God uses it depending on your situation, um, just to speak to your heart. You just seem to be ready for that added depth of a bit of wisdom. So, yes, while mm-hmm. I would agree with you, too, and I just wanted to add some additional thoughts to
0: that, too. Right. And I think a lot of times scripture is like that one in Jeremiah, it is taken just to a happy place. But the reality is when you're going through a transition, a lot of times it's a very difficult place. And I like to go back to that one in the New Testament where Paul talks about, you know, I can do all things through Christ Mm. who strengthens me. But when we Mm -hmm. put that in context. He's in prison. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about I can make a million dollars through Christ who changes me. <laughs> Even though that might be true if that's what God calls you right. to do, but in this situation, God called him to be in prison and to write the scriptures for us. And and so we can say that no matter what we're going through, God can is with us and He has a plan. And uh, I love it. So to ground ourselves in eternal principles, which is that you know main. The main thing is that you are, you are God's, you are created in his image and through Jesus Christ have the ability to have a personal relationship with him. Cool. Okay. What's number two? It, oh, 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 go ahead. We go no, to number you had a thought. Two, just yeah. said, oh, no.
1: Yes. I'd like to add to what you said about sure. I, um, the passage in Paul saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If, have you ever looked at the amplified version of that? It is so totally cool because it's
0: my favorite. It's my favorite. <laughs> is it? Okay.
1: That particular passage talks about, and that just speaks to me, so I'm going to bet why I'm sharing this especially and wanted to add to what you were saying. uh, That is amplified as saying, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. It just says it all. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Love it. I do too. Okay. Uh, Number two, learn as much as you can about your situation and how others have dealt with similar situations. Google is great, you know, autobiographies, reading that, reading accounts, talking to friends, that helps us realize we're not alone in what we're going through. Because sometimes the added stress of going through a transition is us feeling like uh, that we are alone, that we've been the only one who's ever gone through this. And that makes it, and additionally, makes it extra scary that it doesn't have to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Were you going to, okay. okay. Yep. number three release your mind and emotions to go beyond yourself and by that I mean pray you know open yourself up ask God to like you did too in just various not necessarily in transition but in, in times of need, ask for his help and, and look beyond and open yourself to his leading
0: number I'm glad four, that was no, I'm glad that was number three because actually when you said number two, learn as much as you can about it. Unfortunately, because, because we have these logical minds, we sometimes stop there. And we go with, you know, that this is just, okay, so this is how it went down for everybody else who's been down this road before. So this is how it's going to go down for me. But that eliminates the reality that there is a God. And sometimes Mm. God does step in. Now, it's important to do that research there, too, because sometimes he does allow just the natural flow of things to go. He absolutely does. And I'd say most of the time he just allows the natural flow of things. But then there are all these times when he steps in and directly intervenes, especially in response to our prayers. And it's just so amazing. And it's so important to release your mind from this is how it has to be to what could God possibly be thinking of for me and just to listen to him and go with what's in your heart. That's so cool. Okay. What's number four? (laughs) Thank you.
1: Already. Number four, join others in releasing your mind and emotions to go beyond yourself. Worship, worship with. Mm. Yeah, that's that's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Number five, journal, journal your prayers and your thoughts. When you get them out from inside you, you can think about them and see them clearly. You get the emotion out, too. You can see a direction. And, then again, it doesn't seem so
0: overwhelming, especially when you're going through tough times like transition. Can you and, talk to us, right at this point, yes. Sandy, can, we, can you talk to us for just a couple minutes about do nothing and be dead in a few days, and how did you apply this particular one in that situation?
1: Oh, wow. That is an excellent question. Well it was very, very, very stark, of course. That was the first. The surgeon began his, he had three courses of treatment that we could go through, and he began the first by saying that. So he certainly got our attention. Hmm. And doing that, though, in both of our minds um, was tantamount to suicide. That was definitely not an option. Hmm. The other two options at the time that our surgeon gave us were have surgery and you may have six months, have surgery and chemo, maybe 18 months. Hmm. And so my dear husband decided he was going to fight this beast with a vengeance, and we both were going to do that. Now, bear in mind when he was diagnosed, and here's the the awful thing about colon cancer, you either know about it when you're scoped out or if you haven't been scoped out and there was no reason for him to be there because he wasn't even 50, you don't know about it until stage four, and it takes five years to develop. So it's a nasty, wow. nasty thing, yes. So the symptoms don't start until it's too late. And so we knew, too, that barring a miracle, Steve would die. But, and we knew God was a God of miracles, but we felt it was better for us. We just felt led not to claim the miracle, but rather take the attitude of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And knowing that God had a plan and a purpose, and so uh, there was a reason behind it, whatever come what may. And so on that front, we grew more deeply, uh, learned more about relationships. We grew more closely together. Um, we appreciated the little things in life and, as I say, our depth of our relationship with our Lord grew deeper, too. But on the human level, he did everything he could until there was nothing left uh, to do. So it was, um, yeah, it was, did I answer your question?
0: Well, when you were going through it, um, did you journal some prayers? Did you, did you find a safe place to release your deepest emotions? I found that maybe it's
1: just God wiring me to be a teacher I don't know, mm. um, because for the most part, what I did is I wrote. Um, yeah, I think that's right. I did journal and journal those thoughts, and then they became emails to friends and family, which later became a blog, and which later became my book. So right. it was the idea was when we were first diagnosed, when he was Steve was first diagnosed, it was I didn't want to send emails. We're going to let friends and family know absolutely but I didn't want it to be one of those oh yeah we went to chemo kinds of emails I wanted to give them give them something back I wanted to share with what we were going through that maybe they could benefit from too so Mm. I wanted to give them some value and so that's how that worked and like I said maybe it's because God's wired me to be a teacher so
0: well, and I think I think I've seen too a lot of people use something like a caring bridge or you mm. know a blog uh something like that where you know you do journal your thoughts privately to God and then it, bubbling to the surface there uh seems to come words that you have this desire to share at some point. And it's not like everybody has to, but I've seen it so many times that I I think that it is something that's pretty Common and that a person Going through a big transition should feel Confident that if they're called to do something like That it's do it you know It it allows I I just believe That God really loves body life (laughs) He Really loves us to share with one Another as we're going through joys and sorrows And so this is one of The ways that we can do that so journaling Of course prayers directly to God and Thoughts to God but then also being Available to share those with other people Do you have a thought on that Yes I do Um, and also by doing that, not only are
1: you sharing and maybe helping them in their own life, but you're also helping yourself because people will say, gee, I've been through that too. Or
0: you're right. realizing,
1: again, you're not alone. So that's important too to have that social support, especially with um, such major transition as the death of a spouse or even you know the death of a marriage where all of your energy at certain points it's just concentrated in getting through this event or dealing with this event right. it's so easy to slip into hermit mode and you don't want to do that oh, right. too much
0: <laughs> right right well this is Marnie Sweberg we're visiting today with our wonderful guest Sandy Eggers of YourLifeAbundant.com we're going to take a short break come back and go through the rest of the seven strategies plus some key scriptures that will help you with transitions and some secrets to reducing anxiety during transition will be right Right back. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Did you know that the recordings of all of these podcasts are now available to you free of charge at Marnie.com? You can listen via Stitcher, iTunes, or Blog Talk Radio or download the MP3 for easy listening anytime you have time. Every training module is 60 minutes long, features a guest expert, and focuses on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular fields of interest. Whether you're looking for help with author training, speaker training, to how to be a media guest to be a better manager maybe you want to be a women's ministry leader or you already are or possibly you want to learn more about event planning bonus sections even address how to succeed in leadership marriage parenting health and more so pick your area of interest and get going today it's instantly accessible to you anytime you have time over at marnie.com welcome back this is marnie and you're joining us for the top Seven Strategies for Surviving Seasons of Transition with our guest, Sandy Eggers. Sandy, let's go ahead and complete the seven strategies that you can apply to any transition. And the first five were ground yourself in eternal principles. Number two, learn as much as you can about your situation. Number three, release your mind and emotions to go beyond yourself. Number four, join with others in that through worship. And number five, journal your prayers and thoughts. So what's number six?
1: Seek counsel from a wiser friend. You know, you may have among you someone you can trust who's more experienced, not necessarily experienced personally in your type of transition, but who might have more life experience as more uh, help you get a different perspective. It really helps to know that your heart, I mean, we we know that God carries our hearts and loves us so much, but he wired us to also, we're so human. We need that human contact. And so, I would definitely seek someone you can trust and who will listen to you openly and, and gently guide you when you're off base, but definitely encourage and support you. Hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Number seven, seek help from a specialist or a professional who can help guide you through your transition. You know, depending on what it is, it could, you could seek a grief counselor or maybe a life coach, psychologist or psychiatrist, all depending on, where you're at, what you need at that point. Uh, when we were going through the challenge of cancer, uh, we were going through um, the Carmanos Cancer Institute, who, through part of their program, they also they supplied a psychologist to every family who uh, was trained in cancer and all that it went. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice to be able to mm-hmm. have that that uh, access. I think it's important.
0: Yeah, it's important during times of transition at any time, really. But the times of transition kind of um, magnify issues that were already present in your life, Mm. but now you have no energy left to deal with them. And so it makes them seem bigger than they ever were before. But really... They're the same size, That you, you just are in a different position so that it shows up. In fact, uh, when, when we were earlier married, um, my husband at one point, he verbalized how he viewed my PMS, which was pretty, uh, I had pretty tough PMS. And he said, at one time, he said, which is an amazing perspective from, from my point of view, I'm so grateful. He said he was glad that that came around every month because I would verbalize to him things that always bothered me, but that I usually just dealt with. But during that time of month, they would bubble to the surface and become a problem for us, and so he could see what I was really thinking. And it's like, wow, well, that was really a gracious response. But it helped me to learn about this way and to actually give yourself permission to go get some help and not to feel bad about that, but actually to look at it as a gift. This is a time when you can actually get through some of these things and and really be free.
1: Absolutely. That that, Boy, your husband's quite... A special guy to be able to see. That perspective <laughs>
0: and I'm not, I don't think he always every minute of every month had that perspective. <laughs> but it, was, it was a mercy. It was really a mercy to me that he could see that um, I wasn't trying to make things bigger than they were. It's just that I couldn't deal with them when the emotional stress was you know, addition. And and during transition, it's amazing. It's like we talked about earlier. It hits your body, too. It doesn't just hit your brain or your emotions. It really hits the whole package. Yes. And uh, to that point, too,
1: I think you have to be... I, I don't cover this, but maybe I'll just briefly say in my talk, I'll briefly say at this point now that we've mentioned it, you've got to be aware of your diet and your sleep and your liquids, too, and try to take care of mm-hmm. your body while you're going through right. that.
0: Absolutely. And we can see that shown in the Bible um, when God so frequently would come to somebody and, you know, especially I think of Elisha and Elijah, Mm. I think, and he he came to him when he was like, just kill me and get it over with. And God, you know, sent him some ravens and some water and (laughs) said, take a nap. (laughs) You know, I mean, it was just physical. It was a lot physical as well as the emotional transition there. So let's go ahead and talk. Okay. And the scriptures that we'll talk about basically
1: uh, fall into, I've got nine categories. So uh, just trying to, those of you who are taking notes, just note that there are nine categories and I'll delineate that and then share those scriptures and those themes underneath each. So the first category, okay, the first category is I want everyone that, who's listening to know that you personally are precious. You are, you know, you're precious to God eternally. So get your mind mm-hmm. around that. That I think, especially with transition, that you know it could be even a good transition, but most especially with a negative like a job loss or loss of a loved mm-hmm. one, it's so easy to lose our sense of self and to feel really bad about ourselves and to feel, have those negative thoughts. So I think the first thing to start so that you can deal effectively with transition is, know, personally, you are precious and eternal. And so under that, know that you're loved. And uh, God says I've loved you with an everlasting love. And he's faithful. So you're loved no matter what. The second part under the under know you're precious know that you're always on God's mind he tells us that he's engraved us on the palm of his hand you know that our walls are where we at are continually before him so we never God never forgets not only just never forgets us we're never off his mind the third point under know that you're precious know that you were loved even before you were born can you imagine that Hmm. And God tells us that He formed us all of our parts uh, in the womb and knitted us together, and He knew us, He knew about us, and that means know us not just, yeah, that person exists, but intimate knowledge and a pre a love, a personal, precious love, even before we were born in that and formed in secret. so with all that, you know we are we are loved and beyond that you can even imagine. So just grip that in faith. So that's the first Mm. category. The second category is once you've got that and just bask in that love. I I like to think of it as a nice comfy sweater before a fire. Well, for those of us Mm. in colder climes, that's good. But (laughs) anyway, find another image for for yourself as you think about this. But just feel, just take a moment, concentrate, allow God's love to just fludges over you before you take the next Hmm. step. So the next step, the next category is then, now that you're feeling set and settled and comfortable and loved and peaceful, point yourself in the right direction. And that right direction, of course, is look to God, and the rest is going to fall into place. He tells us that we're supposed to first seek him and his kingdom. Then everything else is going to be added. So we've got to start with focusing on our God, and through jesus christ and just look at that look look to him in faith and think about that put him first the second point the second uh, point underneath pointing yourself in the right direction not just do we have to orient ourselves to that proper direction but we also have to trust god and our way is going to be made clear he tells us in Proverbs, that we, if we trust God with all our heart and don't lean unto our own understanding, which means don't uh, depend on it, then in all our ways, look to him. He's going to make our paths straight. You know, much like what he did with you in the restaurant at the middle of the dinner and things came together. He made your path straight, didn't he, Marnie? He yeah, really done that. did. Well, the next category, number three, I say keep calm and carry on in prayer and gratefulness. (laughs) So we keep calm and we carry on in prayer and gratefulness. And specifically, we're told not to be anxious about anything. But when we do, we are to just turn again in everything, just pray and with asking and and also being thankful. Let God know what's on our heart. Now, he knows it anyway, but he wants us to say it. He wants to to hear it from us because we're so precious to him. Mm -hmm. He just wants to hear from his kids. And the second part of that, now number four category is also, also keep calm and carry on, but then you'll get unbelievable peace if you do that. And that's the second part of that passage where if you don't be anxious, you just pray and ask God and trust him, that he's going to give you a peace that's beyond anything the earth can give. It's going to be centered, It's going to be that peace is a shalom, which means, in, in the Hebrew means, in fullness, that everything is set right. It's not just feeling happy or calm, but it's everything that's now right. So that's what yeah. is going to come, and that's going to guard your hearts and minds. So as you're going through transition, you'll be able to, by depending on God's power, you're going to be able to, uh, have a quiet heart and you, your mind will be clear if you keep that centered because he promised that peace that's going to guard our hearts and our minds. Number five, remember that when we just can't go on, he's there. There's going to be times throughout our transition, no matter what it is, that, you know, we just feel exhausted. We just feel like, I, and we may not even know what's the next step. And it, it just... We stop in our tracks, and that's okay. We're human. God understands that. But when those times come, those times come, and they will. You've got to remember that He's our refuge and our strength, and He wants to be our that very present time, uh, help in time of our time of trouble. He wants to be there. So when you feel like you've exhausted everything in yourself, it doesn't mean that's the end of your journey. That could be just the beginning, as you're learning to trust God. But He's there to comfort you, to help you, to help direct you. Number six, when we don't know what to say or pray, he can do that too. So along with getting stuck, with feeling like we can't go on, we've expended everything, and we may be tongue-tied. We may not, oh, there's no, or we may feel like there are no words for what we're going through. It's just beyond our expression. He promises us that the Holy Spirit will help talk for us to God will help us pray so we don't have to worry about as we're talking to God finding the right words at all we just have to trust him rely on him think about him he'll he'll make that connection he knows what's in your heart number seven when things look bleak remember these four things the first thing is that transitions come and go and change comes but God never changes he, we're told that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We can depend on that. The second one, when things look bleak, also remember, this too shall pass. He tells us that weeping may stay on for the night, but joy will come in the morning. Hang on there. Hang on to in, in faith. And hang on to his promises. Hang on in trust. Hang on to the... Friend of the hand of a trusted friend. Just hang on and it will get better. We'll get through this. The third part to remember, too, when things look really bleak is nothing lasts forever. It's kind of like that other, the first thought. But the only thing that lasts forever is God's promises. And He tells us that even heaven and earth, all of creation is going to pass away, but His Word won't. So you can depend on those words of wisdom and how He helps share helps direct us and helps helps us get through all these things, life and transitions. And then number four, that not even hell in all its fury can ever defeat you. Jesus promised that the gates of hell will not prevail against we who are called to his name, we who are the church, because he's defeated that. So when things look bleak, when it seems like evil has its upper hand, when everything seems black, don't go there. Don't let yourself live there. Remember, it's been defeated. You can trust. Mm. He's there. He cares. The eighth big category. And when things do look bleak, and they certainly will, still trust. And I I like, and it's... Indulge me, if you will, for a moment, Marnie, instead of paraphrasing, it short. But it really says it all from Habakkuk. And when things look, they think about this bleakness. So the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. Yeah, I love no that. No matter passage. what. Mm-hmm. I do too. That's one of my faves. Hmm. And lastly, number nine, when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we can go through everything or and anything, and we can even walk on water in the midst of a mm-hmm. storm. And that's the account of dear impetuous Peter, where and the disciples were in the boat, and it was storming. And now remember, these were fishermen; they were used to storms, but this was a storm like no other. And they had been battling it all night. And then all of a sudden, they see a figure in the distance. Apparently, legend would say that when you do that, that is not a good sign. It could be a bad omen. So they were doubly <laughs> frightened. <laughs> It's true <laughs> from what they understand. So they were doubly frightened, like, oh no, what's going down? And then they realized it's Jesus. And Peter said, just ask me, just tell me to come and I'll come. And Jesus did. And Peter didn't care about the waves, didn't care about the wind, didn't care about anything, and jumps right in the middle of it all and he walks. That can, will happen to us too, no matter what goes on around us. If we keep our eyes focused on Christ, We can get through this. It doesn't mean that those nasty things will necessarily stop, although he can. Even the wind and the waves still know his name. But if they don't, if he allows that to still swirl around us, that awfulness, uh, the toughness, the negative negative stuff of that transition, know that will still come through. So the rest of that story is Peter did that well until he realized, oh, my goodness, I'm walking on water. He kept his eyes off and he sank. He was rescued, but to the point that when we do put our eyes where they need to be, we can get through and will get through anything.
0: That's great. Well, this is Marty Swedberg visiting today with Sandy Eggers. Of- yourlifeabundant.com we're going to take a short break and come right back but don't go away because we're going to share Sandy's going to share a couple secrets to reducing your anxiety how to position yourself during transition and some creative ways to acknowledge your losses and celebrate your gains we'll be right back Let's talk about boot camps, webinars, expos, group coaching, and stuff like that. I love investing into your life at every opportunity, so I host group coaching programs plus frequent expos, webinars, and boot camps. For example, visit www.biblestudyexpo.com. That's one of the sites that's under the umbrella of marnie.com. Over there, you're going to find 80 individual, 15-minute interview MP3s with authors of women's Bible study books. So the next time you're choosing a Bible study book for yourself or your group, visit BibleStudyExpo.com and actually meet the authors and hear why they wrote that book. It's available anytime you have time over at BibleStudyExpo.com. Another thing you'll find at Marty.com are the MP3s, PDFs, and PowerPoints of all previous boot camps so you can tap into that training in your spare moments. No need to show up on a particular day because everything's available to you anytime you have time. And be sure to take advantage of the monthly group coaching programs. I personally have paid $600 for group coaching like this, but I offer it free as part of the mentorship program or a la carte for just $99 a month. My heart is to help you succeed at reaching your God-given goals as soon as possible. So join us each month for 21-day group coaching. All of this and more is available to you at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. And welcome back. We are on the final home stretch here with our topic today, Top 7 Strategies for Surviving Seasons of Transition with our guest, Sandy Eggers of YourLifeAbundant.com. Sandy, we only have seven minutes left, and we have a lot of ground to cover, so I'm going to ask you to very quickly share with us a few secrets for reducing anxiety and increasing clarity during transition.
1: Gladly. Okay, in addition to all that I've said before, meditate, journal, and so on, um, and sharing your heart with a trusted friend I say take time to laugh <laughs> go see a mm-hmm. funny movie read a good book yes take that little time for yourself so that would that's actually point seven in that so there we go now <laughs> okay would, would we would we like to sh- I can share too why don't we go on to how to position yourself to grow okay, okay. Let's there's do some it. more things okay now, before we get into the detail, let me share with you a co- two great quotes that really set the table about this transition. And they're from French writer Anainin. Nin, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, who wrote during the 1950s. She was really, she although I don't believe she was necessarily a Christ follower, she was one who had a lot of good insights onto the human experience in herself as well. She spent a lot of time thinking and internally thinking about what was going on in her head. And she has some lovely quotes talking about life in transition. And the first one is, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Mm. And this Yes. So that says it all about, that says a lot about, at what point do we move forward? At what point do we, that risk, do we change? Because change and transition is change is scary. I mean, I didn't speak of this. I always think, I tend to be a very positive person. I'm not a glasses half full kind of person. I'm a glasses overflowing kind of person. <laughs> and so, so I I tend to be very positive and try to find the the positive and and growth and I love growing and developing even though it's sometimes tough to be sure depending on the circumstance so I, I don't stop to think that and I haven't shared but maybe this is a good time to share that sometimes and we're all at different stages and there's nothing right or wrong about the stage that we're at but sometimes the stage you know, during this transition we may just plant our feet down and say stop I don't want anymore I don't want to go on because we're exhausted now all the other things I've shared with you so that you're not exhausted, so that you can look, do do those. But again, we're human. So we won't go on until we realize where we're at is a lot worse than what that unknown for the next step. The second quote she has is life expands or contracts in proportion to one's courage. So to go through transition, not only do we need to risk and to grow and to blossom, but we also need courage. So with that in mind, let me share a little bit about positioning yourself. It's more of an attitude than anything, really. And it's about, like I shared with you, finding something positive in a difficult situation. Now, I don't mean happy talk. Don't, you know, the joy, 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 and just kind of zone out because you do have the reality. But it's more than pixie dust. It's, it's not bad. It's not uh, think happy thoughts. But it's based on truth. And going back to what we said earlier, it's based on something greater than ourselves, and that's God. So that's why we can trust that somehow there's going to be good from And He promise, that he, will, he can redeem anything. He promised that he can make, bring good out of evil. So, mm-hmm. Marnie, do we have some time now to go through some creative ways, or how are we positioned?
0: Um, you have about 24 seconds. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll make it real quick.
1: Creative ways. Two things: declare an international be kind to fill in your name day. I mm. did that. I did a day. That was for me. I declared an international be kind to Sandy day, it. and I did anything I wanted. <laughs> so that love was it. Good. Thank you. Host a party. I and then this is talk about your relationships. I held, hosted a celebrating you party where it was kind of flipped on its head because the guests mm. of honor were all my guests, and I spent that time in. Mm. Uh, acknowledging how they had helped me uh, succeed and how what they meant to me and my growth, so I'm acknowledging my my change, my transition, and I celebrated them, and it was so much fun.
0: That's great, and you can even have ask people to you know to bring to bring the stuff so you don't have to prepare it all Um, people want to be with you to support you during times of transition so that's great and we want to just remember too that what we mentioned at the beginning of the hour that you need to allow yourself permission to grieve your losses even during a happy time like a bringing home of a new baby from the hospital (laughs) you know (laughs) your life is forever different now and you need to just go ahead and recognize that you lost some things like full night's sleep and things like that, that you have also gained some things in this transition, and that's so important. Um, I'm going to encourage you guys to go over and check out Sandy's website. Her website is yourlifeabundant.com. Sandy, in just like 30 seconds or so, what do people find when they get over there?
1: What they'll find is it's geared to the Christ-centered entrepreneur, but for your listeners, I've got an extra special bonus. If you sign up, you're going to get um, how you're authentic, how to create a Christ-centered authentic brand. But you're going to get a bonus, and that bonus is what we can learn from the greatest transition of all time. And that's what I'll leave it at. So, piqued your curiosity. Sign up. It's free. You'll get a download of a little. That <laughs>
0: sounds great. Well, Sandy Eggers, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you, Marnie, for having me.
0: And you guys, thank you for being here. It's always so great to share this time with you and to be learning with you. One of the things that I love is that every single Program I get to learn too And I get to grow and it's fun to do this With you and to share this time Where I'm learning and growing out loud with all of you Thank you for those of you who come live to Blog Talk Radio and there's always enough Of you here that uh, we end up On the front page and so that's so Great and I'm really grateful for that Also to those of you who host the show on your Site by putting a radio box there thank you For that for those of you who listen to the archives Or around the net or to A radio show on uh, Syndicate. Thank you for that. And I hope to see you over at Marnie.com very soon. I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.